You're listening to the Modern Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Garrett. This is the show that takes a personal look into the reality of what it's like to be an entrepreneur in today's modern world. I hope to share with you some great conversations with women about what it's like being a boss. We talk about doing the work, our journeys to get here, the trials and tribulations, and everything in between. I also want to take a second to thank all of you for listening. A special thanks goes out to any of you who have taken the time to leave a review and rate us on iTunes. It truly means so much to me. It also gives me some great feedback on what I'm producing here and lets me know if you want to hear more. So if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please head over to margoagency.com and click podcast under the Profit Brand Tools. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Modern Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, my guest is Janet Wong of Janet Gwen Designs. Welcome, Janet. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I've heard your story um, through other people already, but I'm really excited to share it with my audience. And I think that it's such it's going to be such a relatable experience and inspirational at the same time, because you're taking sort of this idea of, you know, starting on Etsy and growing your business and now your goals are you know beyond that like empire style <laughs> so I'm oh, really, absolutely. yeah yeah so let's start with um your business name and and what you do so I my business is Janet Gwen Designs and it's a creative design studio well known for all mobile laptop cases and all hand painted phone cases and accessories so we expand a little more beyond the tech accessories but that's what a lot of people know us for. So yeah, we're just a handcrafted business. Okay, okay. So and you um, actually got started on Etsy, right? Is that where you first started sort of yeah. sharing the products? Okay, so tell me about that. How did you come to that decision? And what products were you sharing? So I came to the decision when I realized that I was really unhappy with my life. And I I was 19, stuck between the, hey, you have to go to college, oh, you have to get a real job. What are you going to do? And I was like, I don't want to do neither. Like, it was not, I was just unhappy. I was working 90 hours in retail for anyone who's heard my story before. Like, I was literally like the slave to the retail life. And I was just unhappy. And I actually eventually dropped out of college without anyone knowing. And I was just like, okay, so this is my moment, like my make it or break it moment. Do I actually pursue my dreams of having this creative business? Oh, I do um, live the life that everyone wanted me to do. And I realized, okay, I have to make that decision now because if I keep putting it off, the minute I look back, I'm going to realize this is going to become the rest of my life. And that's not what I wanted. So on Etsy, it only costs 20 cents a listing. The investment is not even that huge. So I was like, okay, so if this doesn't work, I just lost like maybe a dollar worth of listing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That investment, even with supplies, I started with $50. And I was like, you know what? I can totally do this. If I'm not going to invest in anything, I might as well just invest in this because it would change my life if I just put in the effort of all my of all the hard work I did in retail, why not do that on myself? Yes. So yeah, I started on Etsy and from there it kind of just exploded because I was just like, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I can't even say it right now because thinking back on it, it's still so odd for me. I, I was like, I still can't believe I took that leap of faith, especially when everyone was just like, what are you doing with your life? I'm like, um, I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm trying to figure that out myself, but I know that I don't want a nine to five and I don't want to go to college. Okay. So let's rewind a little bit and let's talk about, um, where you grew up and was college sort of the idea that that was the route you were supposed to go. And, um, how long were you in college? You know? Yeah, um, absolutely. So I was only in college 
for a year and a half. I didn't even complete my second year. And fun fact, I have an identical twin sister. Oh. So her life, <laughs> yeah, the so whole life actually runs parallel to mine. So if I ever wanted to know what would happen if I went to college, she went the college route. I obviously did not. Oh, so it's always really odd to look back and see the differences in our life. But so we grew up in a very strict household where the ideal, like my parents are um, immigrants from a different country. So when they came to America, the dream was to get that nine to five job, have that stability and have that um, life that will take care of you. Yeah. So they didn't question that nine to five. Like you have to be a doctor. You have to be a lawyer. Like you have to set up yourself for a good life. And by and to do that, you have to get an education. So we grew up knowing that we always had to get good grades. We always pushed ourselves. Like my sister and I were competitive because of how much our parents pushed us. And being twins did not help them. Oh, my it, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> My sister always knew what she wanted to do. So she actually went to college for textile design. So she's actually a fashion designer. Like she showed in New York Fashion Week. She's done really big things. But then for me, I see her with this passion. I was just like, what am I passionate about? Because her fashion design, my parents don't even approve of that either. But at least there's a game plan for that. You either become your own designer or you work as a designer for someone else. I had a passion for art. But what was I going to do with art? Yeah. Was it like my parents always like... Back then, starving artists was a real term, like before Ed <laughs> yeah. became big, before all that. So my passion was not valid. So then once we got into high school and that senior year hit, I was just like, okay, do I go to college or do I start my own business? What do I do? Because I actually started my um, this business in high school at 17, painting phone cases out of my art classroom. <laughs> nice. So that's actually how I started. But I was just like, do I keep going with this or do I not? So I went to college because the pressure was too much. Like when all that pressure expectations, I didn't want to disappoint anyone in my life. Everyone just, my sister and I actually graduated at the top of our class. So that there was that huge expectation that if you graduate at the top of your class, you have to go to college because you're going, that's what we set up ourselves for. Yeah. So it was just so hard to be like, I don't want to go to college. So I actually went to community college and my sister went to NC State. It kind of worked out because our parents could not like having twins downfall to college tuitions oh at once. Yeah, that would be overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, so she did that, and I only stayed for a year and a half because every I was actually working a, um, pretty much full-time in retail going to school. I was so burnt out, but even in class, I was doing research on how to create a business, how to do shipping, how to do this. Because fun, another fun fact, this is actually <laughs> my third startup of Jenic Gwen Designs. I started when I was in high school at 17, and I stopped because I graduated, and that's when all the pressure of, hey, you have to like get a real job, you have to go to school. And then I started again at 18, but that's when I really was in most in college and retail life. And I got, I partnered up with another business. So orders were coming in. Like I got 17 orders the first week I was even open from all, everywhere, from domestic to international. And I didn't even know how to ship anything. <laughs> in between, I didn't know how to ship stuff. I was like, okay, I'm making it, but what do I do afterwards? I would uh-huh. literally go to USPS, be like, so how do I ship all this? And they were like, <laughs> You need first and foremost a return address. I didn't even have my return address. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not ready for this. So I shut that. I shut it down again in a week because I was scared. I didn't know anything. I wasn't willing to learn at that moment because I was overwhelmed. Yeah. And then the third time was when I finally was just like, okay, I really have to take this like leap of faith. Mm-hmm. I have to invest in myself now because I was just really unhappy like that's the only like I didn't have an epiphany I didn't have like a big moment it's just that that moment when you realize this could literally be the rest of my life this unhappiness <laughs> and the yeah. only person who can change that is you yeah 
Yeah. And that's great. And you just, you did it. You changed it. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. That's why I, I was like, so how did you do it? What's the big story? I'm like, I just didn't want to be unhappy anymore. That's great. And I, yeah. And when you realized how much, like, I was like, I don't want to waste my potential ever. Like, that's my one big fear is not running this business is that I don't ever live out to my fullest potential and to my fullest dreams. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how old are you now? <laughs> I just laugh at that because everyone always guess because I look like I'm 12 because you guys can't see me. But I am actually, I just turned 23. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I don't normally ask that question of <laughs> my guests, <laughs> but it is sort of relevant to your story since you did start young. Um, so yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense now. Um, so when you were selling um, or at least creating the the phone cases in high school, did you have a certain aesthetic already and style or were you kind of just like, you know, just creating whatever you thought was cool at the time? It's a yes and no question because you're right. I actually started doing whatever was cool, whatever was – um, so I actually started selling to my classmates pretty early on. So I would actually customize, customize each of the phone cases to them. So I didn't have a particular style because then I was like, oh, oh, my gosh, I'm actually making money. So what can I do to keep making this money? And it was the custom work that was making me that money. Yeah. So I did have a certain aesthetic when it comes to the hand-painted phone cases. So it was like the swirls and the really deep texture. Like I used a lot of paint because I like that level of depth that you yeah. cannot capture like with – um, print so that still continues to, to to today but yeah back then it was just literally whatever people wanted to make that money <laughs> graduation so, expensive <laughs> yeah so um so you have the art an art background then right so or no. um not really, also, not really? Like, I can't no, not at all. It's just I was passionate about it because in art, I was taking um I didn't graduate high school early because um, the high school that I went to wasn't prepared for any early graduates. Like my sister and I, my sister and I were so competitive. We were taking up to sixteen classes a semester when the standard is only eight. Oh my gosh. So we, <laughs> yeah, we graduated with double the credit. We didn't need all that. So yeah, we we only had one class left to take for senior year, but they made us stay for that one full year. But I was taking to supplement all the cla- like scheduling. I had to take like three art class or three electives, so I just stayed in art class. So that's what I <laughs> oh my really gosh. was like. I know it's the story is so odd because I'm like I guess not a lot of people do that but so I had all this time in art class the one thing I never got to enjoy my whole entire life because I was always studying yet somehow in senior year I was spending my whole entire time in art class so that's when my art teacher actually showed me um, an artwork that I was inspired by because the way they use it is almost similar to my technique now it's just the way they made people out of the schools so it's abstract art. Mm-hmm. But they were making actual um, concrete figures out of it. And I was like, wait, what if I duplicate that but use more texture, use more color? Because they did all in black and white. So, mm-hmm. and till this day, my art teacher's like, I can't believe I showed you that one piece of artwork and you based off everything off that. I'm like, <laughs> it only takes one thing to really inspire you. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So then after that, when you started um, selling the phone cases on Etsy, was it just phone cases first? Yeah. Yep, just phone cases. And then three and a half months later, um, I actually did the laptop case. The laptop cases is actually what t- took like my business off. But mm-hmm. that was actually a product I made for myself. I didn't actually <laughs> intend on selling that until everyone was like, this is so awesome. Why aren't you selling it? I was like, you know what? 20 cents a listing. Like, I started getting to the idea that if I list it. If it doesn't sell, then I'll take it off. But I won't ever know until I actually list it. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. And so you're you have a lot of the the marble look. Is are those your best sellers? Yes. Yeah. The marble collection is definitely the best seller. 
How long have you been making that design? Whoa. <laughs> Since I, I say whoa because I actually started so soon after. So my business turns three this um, month, actually. So since the very beginning, actually. So almost three years. Wow. Okay. I love it. That looks, yeah, those are really cool. So how did you know um, to how to... To, to even grow into different products? Like what was your process in, in sort of considering what those would even be? So I didn't have a consideration in the beginning. Now I definitely do, but in the beginning <laughs> I was winging it. Yeah. But when I said I didn't know anything, every day was a new learning experience, which I actually thoroughly enjoy. But Google was my best friend. So expanding into product lines was more like the laptop cases were created because I realized there was no cute laptop case. I actually got my first MacBook and it, the cases, the options I had weren't that pretty and aesthetically pleasing. And I didn't, I didn't like any of it. So I was just like, that's actually how I got my, created my phone case. It was because my mom gave me a dollar phone case and I was broke and I didn't want to do anything <laughs> like buy it. So I painted it. Same nice. thing kind of happened with the laptop case was like no options. So I created my own options and then I realized, oh, hey, this all falls in the realm of tech accessories. So then that's when I started, okay, so what else can I create that will go be an upsell to the products I already have now? Instead of branching out into a whole nother line because that would be harder to market right off the bat, what can I keep adding on that people will keep um, adding into the cart to upsell and to keep selling to them and cross-sell? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now do you have support with helping with shipping and, and product development and stuff or – Oh, is it all no. you? <laughs> it's all me. I'm like, I, it's still on me because I have been hiring help. It's just very hard to find in-studio help. I have an amazing team that supports me virtually but not in-studio as I found out that not everyone's going to share the passion I have for my business, especially when they have to do tedious tasks like shipping and packaging. Because yeah. I had one person that literally was like, this is too much thinking. I'm like, I don't really know what you mean by too much thinking. <laughs> No, it's, That's I a weird thing to say. <laughs> I, I, I have heard way weirder things now that being in business for three years and having different kind of hopes that have come along the way, along uh-huh. my journey. So I don't question it. So I had to find <laughs> the right kind of person that loves doing the tedious tasks because these are the tasks that I need support in to grow my business even yes. further because I, at this point, I'll be honest and say I really shouldn't be packaging and shipping. I yeah. should be doing the product development, like you said, because right now I'm juggling everything still. So how did you even go about to find support initially? Oh, Craigslist. Craigslist, okay. Yeah, bad idea, but yeah, Craigslist. (laughs) I was 19 and my first hire was someone who was 37. (laughs) So that's when I realized that my age might be a deterioro when I started at 19 because it was more of the fact that will people take me seriously? Will people respect what I have to say and the vision I have? And so I had to let her go after like two weeks because she showed up late every single time we had to meet. And one time she showed up two hours late. I was like, and I even warned her that she gets like three, like the first time I gave her a warning, the second time I was like, okay, I'm sorry, but you only have one more opportunity to show up. And it didn't happen. And that was literally within a week. Then I had my first hire and fire. And I was like, oh, oh my wow. gosh. You're like, welcome to business, huh? <laughs> exactly. That was a very rough landing into the whole hiring process. But since then, I've worked with an HR expert to really help me refine my process to find people who are more qualified for the job and will respect my business structure because I am very friendly with my team, but they also will get they will get things done because I don't want that age to be a deterrent between yeah. – 
the level of respect because I'm going to respect them, but I would like respect and return when it comes to the task I need done, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So so tell me um, about this HR um, support that you were saying. What is uh, that about? Ash- um, Ashley Cox from the Sprout HR, I think. She's amazing. So when I say H, she actually helped me go through my questioning for the interview process and go by like the law of NC State, like what I need to be aware of. So she just helped me refine my process to help me find the most qualified person possible. Okay. And from an HR perspective, because some of my problems of hiring was I honestly did not know what I was doing. So I didn't know the laws. I didn't know what I needed to be aware of. And she made me aware of all the laws, like I didn't realize that NC State was an at-will state, which means that I can let someone go um, if need be, and that um, we don't have a part-time and full-time hourly, like 40 hours is full-time. But in North Carolina, you can actually work up to 40 hours and still be considered a part-time. Really? Yeah, I did not realize that until I thought back about it. In retail, I was working 40 hours a week, (laughs) and I was only part-time. I was like, now I know why they were able to do that. Oh, wow. But you can't do it. You can't do it consistently, and that's only during holiday periods. And technically, okay. I am re- retail-based online, so I see how I can work by the same schedule because obviously I'm going to have a spike in holiday where I need that help. So that's where that forty up to 40 hours work in. So like she just helped me really refine that process with questions that are more on target yeah. to what I'm searching for. Very cool. Yeah, but she's that amazing. could be um, – there's, there's, I mean, that's a whole beast in itself, trying to understand that and – Absolutely. Yeah, it is a beast. That's actually the perfect way to describe that. (laughs) Like you have to if you want to grow, but it was a heinous process when I just went through in the beginning. It was, yeah, it was daunting. Yeah. Have you ever thought of having interns or have you had interns? Okay. And I don't know what that process is in North Carolina either. It has to be like a lot of people do abuse interns. I will say that because I see a lot of people who's like, oh, I'm just going to get an intern. Um, Ashley, the HR expert I had on, um, was like, nope, you cannot do that unless you're actually going to teach them something. And as, and if they're getting credit, do you have a lesson plan laid out for them? She's, <laughs> you're like, what? I was, I was like, uh-huh. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, no, you're not. So she's like, I would not recommend interns because if you cannot provide the proof, if they like sue you or if anything were to happen, you had a liability because you, you're – that's against labor laws. You cannot have free labor like that. Yeah. So I did have interns, um, but they didn't last very long because, not to go into a long story, but I had someone who was so, such a big fan of mine, which I was so flattered. Again, I was so new to this whole process. So she wanted to be me that she actually copied my whole entire business from (sighs) products to name to everything that I actually had to work with a lawyer to fix that. So, Oh my gosh. I always say that's why I was like, I had to bring on an HR person to really help me hone in that process because you have to be protective of who you bring on because this is like, this is literally my baby. I worked this from the ground up and I don't just like hand it off to anyone or bring in anyone that can be detrimental to it. Yes. Yeah. And that's where like a non-disclosure agreement and all the contracts come in handy too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I had contracts. You just need then, and when in that situation we had all the contracts laid out. And so, but in a situation like that, you still have to have a lawyer enforced just in case, just for precautionary. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Scary yeah, scary things happen in business. Oh yeah, for sure. I had, I had, um, it wasn't an intern; it was a freelance designer. I had done my first business was um, wedding invitations, so that was very product based, and we I started on Etsy too, actually. Now that I think about it, <laughs> but yeah, um, I see a great place. Yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, we started doing, um, I my emphasis was custom invitations. So I did a lot of, you know, what do you want? We do kind of thing. But then I started doing some signature collections. And like, these were our standard looks and styles. You can choose, change color and your name and they're ready to go. And I had a, a freelance designer who took those, she worked on the concepts mainly. She was my designer for the product. She took those designs and went to another company and they made them. And I was just like, wait. <laughs> wait, you can't do that. I know, I know. And I was like, oh, my goodness. oh wow. And that was really weird and hard. And um, I let her go. So, yeah, that was weird and hard. <laughs> but I, yeah, I kind yeah. of avoided the legal problems of it. And I just let it go because I was like, you know, I, you know, I can just move on. But to take your name and your whole business and everything is that's scary. Did that end well? Like, did you, is she done? I should say. Oh, it did end well um, because I have a great lawyer, but yeah, it ended well. I just felt bad that I had, to, I'm not the type of person I'm always like, I let, I like you, I let a lot of things go because I don't worry about copycats because I'm more focused on my own brand. Like you need to have blinders on to a certain extent in business because if you keep comparing yourself or looking around to see what others are doing, that's when you get deterred in your pro progress. So that really hurt a lot for me to do that because I knew that she was an ambitious individual. I saw the potential in her, but it was obviously used in the right way. So it yeah. did end well. And I we parted, but not in good terms, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like, that took a turn, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, and that's just the reality like, of businesses. I'm, again, so flattered that someone would love me that much or love my brand that much. <laughs> I guess I'm doing something right there, but there's a fine line between yeah. – like, I know everyone's like, imitation is the um, biggest form of flattery to a certain extent. Yeah, always. until money's involved and stuff and, like, your that's business. It's like, that's not flattering anymore. <laughs> Not at all. I just started. I was so flattered anyone was even paying attention to me. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this brand is actually big. Oh, someone came out the woodworks and actually emailed me. I was like, I love you. I was like, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, but, yeah. So let's yeah. talk about sort of how your business started growing. So you're on Etsy and through Etsy, you're getting a lot of the traction and attention and growing, right? And making sales. Um, so when did you decide to jump off and make your own website and actually brand, um, you know, do a full right. branding of your company and stuff? And I was actually a year in because in the first couple months I was dying with orders and learning the ropes of everything but I realized the potential this had of becoming something bigger but to do that I had to step off of Etsy because I was losing that brand recognition in Etsy because everyone's like oh I got this beautiful case from Etsy and I was like unfortunately yes yes you did but no you did not like that like yeah technically you did but no you didn't so I realized that if I really wanted to make a name for myself I really had to step off that um Etsy so I like once like during my little slow season after the holidays that's when I went full force into brand development after like so that was 2014 15 so I'm trying to count the years of how many times <laughs> 17 16 15 I, okay 14 so like 2015 is when I really went hardcore into the brand development with different web developer and graphic designers to develop that brand because, again, if I had those big dreams and big goals, they have to have some bragging recognition that's not at the same. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I love your color. <laughs> it's so bold and just like, it's just, it's really hot. It's cool. I like it. 
Well, I have to sh- um, give a shout out to my graphic designer and web developer, Cattell from, oh, I can't, Cattell, Reveal Lane Designs. I don't think I pronounced that right, but <laughs> she's phenomenal. And she's done so many of, like, the people I know, branding and graphic design, like, she's phenomenal. She put it all together for me. Very cool. Yeah, I want to check her out. What was the name again? Um, R-E-V-I-R-E, Lane Designs. I'm sure it's going to autocorrect. <laughs> first one, yeah. I'm going to be like, definitely going to autocorrect because I'm having a great speller to begin with. So. <laughs> Too cool. Yeah, she did a great job. And I think it's um, totally lined up with your style and the products and, and all of that. I love it. I love all your products for sure. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah. How That's do you... really happy for you. Yeah. How do you sort of... Um, finish all of these orders because they're hand painted right so So the marble cases are not no longer um they're not they're still um assembled in charlotte north carolina so i do get um i do source the materials still so those are like streamlined now the hand painted aspect is still only applied to the phone cases and pop socket so i have a process for that too Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a longer process than obviously the marble cases because they're more popular so i had to streamline them i had no choice and because it used to take me so long to do because yeah they were all handcrafted it was actually a nightmare when yeah. until I fl- finally learned operations and systems uh-huh. but for the phone cases yeah they're still all paint- hand painted I set aside times and days where I actually just sit down and paint a whole bunch of phone cases a whole bunch of pop sockets and it takes actually four days to dry with oh, the top wow. coat and everything wow. yeah so because it takes a day for the paint to dry and then the three extra days just for the top coat. So I actually just come, I have a system in place where I know exactly what days I'm just painting. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I totally dig this because like you're saying, um, you can find, you know, phone cases with a design on them, but they're not, uh, tactile. They're flat and it's so like, very two-dimensional because i get that is what printing is but yeah yeah, everyone's always like wait are these really hand-painted and i will admit that the one thing i have not done great with marketing is convey that because i would have people ask me like three or four times in the same conversation wait these are really hand-painted i'll say yes and then they'll ask again three more times so that's what my team and i are working on is conveying that way better on marketing but yeah these are hand-painted because i didn't want to sacrifice that quality anyone like colors even get lost everyone um who is familiar with pantone colors yeah like what a blue you may see in real life gets really flattening like blue is the hardest color to paint but I could paint with blue all day long and it, that color won't be lost with vibrancy like yeah the blue in my branding was a pain in the butt to even get printed on stationery and like um packaging um what's that you put in packaging it's packaging and well, like with my, a business card dough I'm like okay <laughs> business cards like even that blue was so hard to capture with printing yeah but Painting allows me to have this wide range of colors and wide range of texture. Yeah. I'm not limited by anything. Yeah, I really love it. Um, Is it acrylic paint or you use some sort of special type of paint? It's acrylic paint mixed with different mediums. So I I play with different mediums and I wanted to get into oil painting until I realized how long oil painting actually takes to dry. And I already have a 40 Oil painting takes long, right? Yeah. Yeah, so much longer. So yeah, I do acrylic, love it, and watercolor. Okay, cool. Very, very cool. And then you do some, I think it's like gold flakes? Yeah, so those are actually real gold leaves within um, the phone cases. And the top coat I use, it actually keeps everything underneath so you don't even feel it. So it looks more 3D 
dimensional, like it's actually being reflected. Uh, and again, I have never really done great at marketing with conveying that either because everyone's just like, oh my God, this is so cool when they see it in um, person because it's more of a mosaic. I think I someone told me before of how it's all, like all the texture, all the patterns actually pops right through like glass. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm jumping on your um, Instagram really quick here. Oh, goodness. Do you do, I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> yes. Do you have help with social media? Um, actually, yeah. Um, I have um, Kenzie. She's my Instagram manager. She's amazing and phenomenal. She's actually been with me since October. So she handles all my um, Instagram for me. We work together to create the content, the copy, and she keeps it consistent because let's be honest, I, consistency you need help with when it comes to social media with so many hats as an entrepreneur. Yeah. There's some, there's some task that just has to be delegated. Very cool. And has she helped really grow your audience? Oh, absolutely. She's cool. essential to the growth because she also helps show, um, screenshot me things to really help me engage because I'm not going to check Instagram every day. Thanks to her, I don't have to be attached to my phone. That's so great. if there's anything important, she'll just screenshot me and be like, hey, um, you need to check this out. You need to like respond to this or like she'll even just ask me for a response and copy and paste my response for me. So Perfect. I never actually have to leave my <laughs> message. So she's phenomenal. Like I can't say enough great things about my team because they are they have helped me so much to get to the point where I'm at. Yeah. So let's talk about who who is on your team. So you have Kenzie, you said. Who else do you um, call on your team? Um, Kaylee. So she actually handles everything in Pinterest. Oh, okay. So I know everyone was just like, wow, that's kind of interesting. You have two different people because usually a lot of people have one person to handle all social media aspect. But I realized that having one person concentrated on each platform, especially um, dedicated to that, they have they can bring more results because that's literally the only focus. Yeah. And I don't know if you ever heard of the term of content switching where a, your productivity goes down the more projects you take on. So I – Yeah. 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 <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> So the content switching is a tool I just learned recently that was like mind-blowing because it says that every project you take on, you lose 20% of productivity. So I saw on my team that, okay, so if um, Kenzie just did Instagram, 100% of her focus is just on growing our Instagram. But then when I was asking her to do photography and other things, her focus was split so she couldn't deliver the work as quick or the results were a little varied. But having one person on each platform to really grow it and nurture it drove more results. So yeah, Kaylee's awesome too. So Kaylee and Kenzie, and then we all do team meetings on Tuesday. And I love how that we're not just about Janet Gwen Designs. They both have their own businesses. So we actually just come together after the team meeting to still mastermind and just see how we can support each other. Oh, very that's, cool. Yeah, that's literally my favorite part is that I love how no one hesitated to be like, oh, what do you need from us? Um, how can we support you? Very cool. Very cool. And are they local to you? Kenzie was local and she's... <laughs> She's just traveling right now, and oh. her job doesn't – I don't need her to um, be in one area. So, yeah, she just travels, and um, Kaylee's based in Arizona. Okay, very cool. I love that you figured that part out of it, of the focus, because that's a huge thing. And I think um, – I mean, it's it's almost like the secret solution, you know. It's like once you sort of figure out that your attention, when it's when it's changing, even for phone calls or anything, um, you're losing traction on the project you're working on, and things just start to fall, and the focus, like you said, is is less, and things don't get finished. Um, and I, I do that with my clients. I tell them, um, 
even for a phone conversation, like if you need to talk to me on the phone or something, I need you to schedule it because I'm not just going to answer my phone. Like I'm doing something, <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's something to be said about that. Like whether I'm working on your project or a different project, um, my focus is going to be completely on that. And I can't stop to just answer the phone really quick or, you know, jump on over here. So yeah, that, that sort of idea has helped me too. I think I heard about it with um, Melissa Griffith on, she was sharing, sharing something, right? Like a 90 day program or something. Um, actually, I am taking that program. Todd oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's why I know it. He, um, that's, I've taken a lot of courses and between my team and I, we've taken like almost all the courses out there that's relevant. That's another thing just to add. The reason why I like having my team focused on one area is because they never hesitate to take courses to even improve on, like, so me, between me and Kenzie, we know a lot about Instagram. Me and Kaylee know everything about Pinterest. They both never hesitate to take courses to improve their job even more. Like, they kept taking all these courses for me and keep doing research for me, and they were able to do that because the focus is only on those two platforms like each of them individually mm -hmm. so that was like the best part about training but yeah Todd Homan he's yeah love him so much the 90 day I actually started doing the 90 day and that has reset my whole mindset I've got more accomplished in 90 days than I have like in the past month just starting this 90 day than I have my whole time in business because let's be honest the first one two years you're like frailing around trying to <laughs> on your footing so that's actually where I learned it from so it's funny that you brought it up that's so cool yeah I love that I love that so um I guess I'm trying to figure out like when did your your parents even realize that this was something legit and you were actually like <laughs> um <laughs> I, it was so funny because when I was doing the creative empire podcast they had asked me um if my parents supported me and my mom was actually came over to visit me and she was sitting in the chair next to me and I was like, yeah, I dropped out of college. And my mom never realized that I was just like trying to whisper it to them. Oh my and gosh. I just got my mom like, oh, she's going to kill me after this. But they just came to terms with it this year. They didn't know what I was doing for the longest time. I think for the longest time, my parents thought I just hung at home with my dogs, which is I guess I technically do that, but <laughs> they just, yeah, they really just came with it this year. Wow. And so then are they supportive now? Like, this is cool. This is making money and stuff. <laughs> they like the, the money part helps, but it's, I'm, it's kind of like a maybe, I think. I'm not sure yet. I don't really know what they think of me just yet. Yeah, yeah. Because to them, they really just don't understand yet. Um. Again, it's also the culture and the language barrier that we have. Um, my parents are Vietnamese, so that culture barrier, is like they still can't wrap around their head that I'm making money from sitting at home yeah. to them sitting at yeah. home and really just like fulfilling orders. So I think they're slowly warming up to the idea, but they're still just weirded out by what I do. I bet. Yeah. I mean, they seem they're not on board with your sister's fashion, right? So yeah, I think it's going to take them a little bit. But you know what? If you make them realize that you are living the epitome of the American dream, that they should be very proud of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I tried to explain that once until I realized the American dream and my the, the American dream. It's different, yeah. It's so different, especially like immigrants versus like the American dream. Because do you watch Shark Tank? Because I'm obsessed with Shark Tank. <laughs> Randomly, I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so <clears throat> that's actually a show my boyfriend and I make 
show to watch as a bonding time. But on Shark Tank, that's what they always preach is the American dream is being able to start your own business and creating a life that you couldn't even imagine. But yeah. when it's hard just to explain that to a, my parents who always believed in the values and what they believe in, like you can't really sway them. So yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, my mom does. She did move in. She is um, living with me for a little bit. So I think she gets this. She actually gets to see what I do every day. And still she like she sees me painting. She sees me fulfilling orders. And she's like, so this is what you do. I'm like, yes, mom, this is what I do. And she still just. <laughs> She still doesn't get it. It's totally okay. Yeah. You know what, though? You're not alone. It's not just parents. It could be, you know, spouses. It, it doesn't. <laughs> friends. They're just like, what do you do exactly? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. My my friends, for the longest time, the first um, year, like, first couple months of my business, kept asking me, so what is your backup plan? So what are you going to do, really? I'm like, I don't understand your line of questioning at all, actually. They're like, no, like, what's your backup plan when you fail? Oh, um, I don't have one. This is a sink, I mean, swim with sink situation. So that was really hard to have to deal with uh, the lack of support in the beginning. No one really believed in what I was doing. And I was just like, you know what? I, I believe in myself, so I'm going to make it happen. But it was just really hard to hear everyone say, what is your backup plan? What are you actually doing? Mm-hmm. What do you do if you fail? You know what? You get back up and keep doing it because this is lame my third time starting up. If I fail this time, guess what? I'm just going to restart, but a lot quicker this time. <laughs> that's right, because you have, you've learned so much now. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm not actually scared of failure at all. Like I said, I'm scared of not actually achieving that potential I feel that I have. So yeah, it drives me insane when people ask me those line of questions. I'm like, uh, I really don't get you. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> you know, I'm on the same page as you. There's no like, it's going to fail. It's like, you just... <laughs> yeah. Or even if like you failed at anything before, like you said, this is the third time. It was all lessons learned. And that's just kind of what being an entrepreneur and a business owner is, is you you learn from these failures and you just keep going and you, you know, get back up and do it faster and better. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Like you just have to keep pivoting because you want to keep pivoting so you don't become complacent because that's the death of any business. But if you have the ability to keep doing that, you're solid. You're like golden. You can keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so awesome. You totally have inspired me. This is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Your tenacity is just like, this is it. This is going to work. And I love that. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> so just briefly sort of give me an idea of what some of your typical work days look like. Like you get up and what do you do? So I wake up at 7 a.m. Um, every single day, weekends or not, it drives my boyfriend and my boyfriend. I, <laughs> I stand up floor and I don't know why. So boyfriend, I have one boyfriend. Um, no, I drive him insane because he wants to sleep in and I'm over here like, hey, hey. Um, yeah, he hates it. So I wake up at 7 a.m. every single day. I go to the gym and then I get started. So the first couple of hours of my day, I actually like to learn. So that's when I sit down, go through my courses or just read something or listen to podcasts. So I'll plan it out to what I'm feeling that week that I need to feel like I need to be better on. Like for the last three weeks, I've just been Pinterest hardcore. I've been do- reading everything and learning everything I could about Pinterest. So it's just really what sets me in the mood. So I start my day off with learning and then around like the slump because the slump is the afternoon slump is like between like 12 and 3 when the afternoon really hits I feel like mm-hmm. that's when I just fulfill orders and I do that Monday Wednesday and Friday and then Tuesday and Thursdays are usually meeting days so I have my schedule pretty set and then I work all the way till 5 
that's when I'm technically supposed to start. But sometimes I actually work till midnight. So. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah, I have no, I have no work life balance. I will be the first to admit that because I know I want this so bad. I'm willing to dedicate the time. So, yeah, that's what I do. Is just wake up, go to the gym, um, learn, learn, read, listen to podcasts, fulfill orders, and then spend the rest of time doing other operational, setting up systems, checking in with my team, and whatever else needs to be done till midnight or whenever I pass out and start it all over again next day. Yeah. I know that that sounds like the worst schedule ever. I can even hear people saying that and I'm like, that's my life. No, yeah, I, I totally agree. And you don't have kids and you're not married, but you know, so yeah, do it, girl. That's how I was when I started my business. I was single and I just worked all the time because that's how bad I wanted it. And I exactly. put my all into it and it's worth it. It's all worth it. And you know that. <laughs> we so thrive off this. <laughs> exactly. Like, you have to have that drive if you want to succeed. And not, and I feel like a lot of new entrepreneurs don't get that when they're like, oh, well, that's a lot of hours you're working. Do you, how bad do you want it? Like, yeah. what sacrifice are you willing to make? But I do have – I don't have kids, but I do have two full babies. But they're very – like, Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> nice. But they're very – yeah. So <laughs> – very cool. Well, awesome. So I am stoked. I am like, deba I'm debating which ones I'm going to get. <laughs> I want to see. I'm like, hmm, I like that one and that one. But Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, Thank I you. I love these. I love these. Um, so let's talk about uh, really quick, if you could. Let's see. How um, You use influencer marketing. Yeah. So do you, you have brand ambassadors and people that sort of how, yeah, did you, how did you get started with that? Um, again, by accident. A lot of things I just kind of walked into. When I went Pinterest viral, that's when most of the bloggers picked me up. And I didn't even know what that influences were until I realized all these people with really big followings on Instagram were buying my cases and promoting them on Instagram with, and tagging me. And I was like, oh, wow, like they're driving so much traffic. What if I can intentionally create it? And that's when I discovered the power of influencer marketing. So what I do is I actually have a set template and – I send it out to um, a set template where I tweak a couple here and there to make it more personalized. And I just reach out to a list of bloggers I already approved and um, like a list of blogs I made, send, send it out and just wait for the response to see if they're interested in a collaboration with me. Very cool. So it's actually, yeah, it's super easy now, with, especially with the power of Instagram and how many influencers out there. All you have to do is literally send an email and ask. And they say, no, move on to the next person. Mm -hmm. How many influencers do you have on your team? So the influencers all come and go. So influencers, because they work with so many different brands, it's not going to be consistent and they're not going to stay on. But there are some really hardcore bloggers that love me, that always promote me all the time. Like a couple of them have always – there was one blogger that was um, pitching me, like um, posting me on her Instagram organically, which is even more awesome. Every week I was like, you're awesome. She had like 120K. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but – that I would say I have like five bloggers who really always consistently do that for me, but the rest of them, they come and go. So I would work with maybe like last month alone, I worked with 30 influencers. Wow. Yeah. But right now I'm, I'm going off of that coming off of the influencer marketing just a little bit because I hit it pretty hard and I may be oversaturated in that field. But influencer marketing does work really well for a product-based business if you can get into your, the right influencer's audience that matches with your audience. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um, and do you find that you get most of your clients through Instagram right now? Actually, yeah. Most of our actually website traffic, 74% of it last month alone was just from Instagram. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> 
Yeah. So that's why we rely heavily on Instagram. Yes, I have an email list because I had one person was just like, uh, what happens if Instagram dies? No yeah. worries. I have a backup plan to <laughs> <Yeah>. that. Uh, <laughs> and we do convert from our email list too. But Instagram is because it's so aesthetically pleasing. We can show our products in different ways and showcase just the lifestyle you can have with our cases. It's exactly. just so much yeah, it's a great platform to market. But yes, we do have a backup plan just in case Instagram decides to, like, I know with all the algorithm changes lately, it has been so wonky, like, for the lack of a better word, it has I been know. so odd. Yeah, yeah. Well, very cool. Well, let's tell everybody how they can find you and where they can get a hold of you online. So everyone can find me at JanetGwenDesigns.com and on Instagram, JanetGwenDesigns. And we're also on Pinterest and without the S because that was too many characters. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> I know. So I was just like, everyone's just like, you, is it with an S, without an S? I was like, with an designs with an S for website and Instagram, but Pinterest only allowed me to have X amount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so annoying. I hate that. It bugs me so bad. It's like one letter. Oh my gosh. Come on. <laughs> And I want the brand consistency so bad that yeah. I'm like, oh, what can I do? But I literally cannot get around that at all. <laughs> I totally agree. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Janet, for taking the time to be on the show today. I had such a great time talking with you. This is so great. <laughs> this season of episodes is brought to you by Build a Profit Brand, my newest and first online course that's going to help you attract your ideal audience, connect with customers, and grow your business. I want to help you become recognizable so clients choose you. Check out buildaprofitbrand.com for more information and sign up for the pre-registration. Take things into your own hands and build your profit brand today.